I'm having a goddamn blast on tour with this Big Mouth and a Small Town tour. So I've added some dates and wanted to let you know where I'm headed next. Uh, yeah, March 14th, I will be in Lakeside, Arizona. And then the 15th and 16th, I'm finally coming to Tucson. So if you're in Tucson, I'm coming to Laughs Comedy Cafe. Get your tickets. We're going to have a good time. My good friend Noah Koffer will be featuring at those shows. He'll also be with me the following weekend when I come to Grand Rapids, Michigan. Dr. Grins, I cannot wait to see you guys again. Those are always some of my favorite shows, and I'm sure this year will be no exception. And then I am headed up to my home state of Alaska for the Alaska Before You Die Fest. Anchorage, you better not fucking sit on these tickets. They're going fast. There's a few left. Uh, April 5th, I will be doing shows at the Gumbo House. It's downtown. I'm doing an early and a late show, one night only. It's an intimate venue, so tickets are limited. It's going to be out of control. If you've come to my show at Coots before, you know how fun they are. This venue is so much better for comedy. I can't even explain it. Just get fucking tickets. These shows are going to be wild. And then on the 6th, I'm headed down to Homer. Homer, Alaska. I am coming, performing there for the first time. Alice's Champagne Palace. And then on the 7th, I will be in Seward, Alaska. So Anchorage, Homer, Seward. We're having a goddamn good time. I'm going to come kill at all those shows because I'm a fucking Alaskan assassin. Am I sorry I said that? I don't know. Listen. Dayton, Kentucky, 12th of April. If you are in the Cincinnati-ish area, Dayton, Ohio, Dayton, Kentucky, this is your chance to see me at a really cool new venue called the Commonwealth Sanctuary. And then I am headed to Portland, May 3rd. I'm headlining the Rip City Comedy Festival. I will be at McMenamin's Mission Theater. You guys, this is a cool theater. We want it to be packed out because, of course I want it to be packed out, but also like, Let's have a goddamn good time in this nice, beautiful theater. So come to that. It's going to be a hell of a time. I can't wait to come back to Portland. And then Wisconsin. I'm headed back your way. But this time I'm coming to Janesville, May 17th and 18th. Green Bay on the 19th. And then what up, Florida? St. Pete, Tampa. I'm coming your way. Uh, Tampa, I will be there June 2nd. And St. Pete, um, they're ahead of that, uh, May 31st. Tampa, I'm at Side Splitters. And if you go to the links in all of my bios or go to their website to get tickets, for a limited time, you can use the code JMS and get $5 off tickets. And wherever you are, I'm trying to get people to buy tickets early instead of waiting to the last minute and making me panic so that if it is going to sell out, it sells out faster so that I know that, the club knows that, maybe we can add a second show. Just FYI, that helps every artist that you're a fan of. So if you can ever buy ASAP, go ahead and do that. Uh, So that's your incentive to buy early in Tampa. And uh, uh, I'll be adding more dates soon. If you did not hear your town, but you want me to come there, head over to my Instagram, instagram.com slash jmscomedy or just at jmscomedy if you're using the app like most of us. Uh, click the link in my bio, join my email list. That lets me know where you guys are so I know what areas want to come see me. Uh, so do that. I can't wait to get to more cities. I'm having so much fucking fun on the road. You guys have been amazing. People have been buying merch. These audiences have been out of control, good, just electric, laughing, having a blast. And I know all these upcoming shows are going to be no exception. So I will see you there jmscomedy.com slash shows to get your tickets. Tell your friends. Tell your enemies. We're going to have a fucking good time either way. So thanks for listening to this little promo. Enjoy this episode. Ta-ta, idiots.
Is it? Can you? Is, We're recording. I know. Okay. Should, well, we, should we put these mics up for that door where those people are having sex? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Should we really? Yeah, let's bring it. Come on. We're in a hotel. Shh, people are fucking. They're done. They're, they finished. Oh, it was like oh two damn minutes. it! Oh. <laughs> damn it! We went over over there to. We were, we want okay, to start over. Secure. Start okay. over. Okay, we're starting. That's, that's not good. That's not. We're good. gonna delete this. Delete that part. Okay. Let me. I'm gonna. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. What kind of ignorant shit is that? At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. You idiot! You fool! Hey, dummy! This is the Ignorance is Blessed podcast. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. Hey, idiots. Welcome back to Ignorance is Blessed, a podcast that attempts to overcome ignorance, mostly by asking ignorant questions. And we fail a lot, but, you know, sometimes we learn. I'm your host, Jessica Michelle Singleton. I'm a comedian, and I don't know a fucking thing about anything, so that's pretty much why we're here. Uh, if you're new to the podcast, please subscribe, rate, and review it on iTunes. And you can follow it on Twitter if you're into that, at Blessed Podcast. Um, I probably should post more there, but uh, I don't. And subsequently, nobody follows it. So maybe if you guys follow it, I'll post more from there. Uh, you can also follow me at JMS Comedy on Twitter and Instagram, where I uh, objectively post too many things. Uh, I'm a little out of control on social media. It's a problem. You can also go to Facebook.com slash Jessica Michelle Singleton and uh see more posts in case you're just like can't get enough of me that's probably not a thing but uh i also post my show dates and stuff there and um my calendar is on my website jessicamichellesingleton.com enough about me my guest this week is bobby lee he's an amazing comedian who you know from mad tv and the new netflix series love he's been on harold and kumar he's been all over the place he's a, a fun stand-up too i got to work with him this past uh weekend in chicago which was really fun and um he's done a lot of things but uh i just interviewed him about being asian because i uh am ignorant and i like to make things as simple as possible because uh, i'm an idiot we derail from the topic a lot and we talk about other things he asks me about me so you guys learn a little more about me on this podcast than i would ever like to have on here but that's fine uh yeah, and uh, we learn a lot about Bobby Lee, and it's fun. We had a good conversation, and I think you're going to like it. So here you go, Bobby Lee. <laughs> Just started. <laughs> oh, we started. All right. Okay, hi. Welcome hi. to Ignorance is Blessed. It's Bobby Lee as my guest. Hi, Bobby. Yay. Um, I'm so excited to be on your podcast. It's my favorite one. Dude, that's, not, that's a lie. No, you it's not a lie. A no, this is my favorite one. It goes this, then... WTF and then Fighter and the Stop. Kid. Aww, you're I'm too your sweet. biggest fan. I have all your albums. <laughs> all my one albums. He just stole the pile of the one album I, I had did. After I was trying to huck it behind him while he was taking photos of the <laughs> Chicago improv. You did a good job this weekend. Oh, thanks, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah, um, you were a fallout, but. Um, Thank you. It was going to be Jade Catapretta, but she fell out. Take so. that, Jade. She fell out to But then I, um, I got you. Uh, Got you. Look at look at the security over here. They're gonna they're gonna kick us out over here. They liked look me. These guys. The club liked me. Are they so um, I didn't even know you had a podcast. Yeah, I do. It's new. Um, it's uh, it's called Ignorance Is Blessed, and what I do is I have guests on of either like certain identities or demographics or like you know 
uh-huh. vegans or whatever. I haven't had a vegan yet, but I. Totally so what will. is the topic on this one? It's about being Asian. Why? Because you're an Asian American. Not really. Man. Not really. You're yeah. in denial. So you, you have you have Asian questions? I have like yeah, that's what I do is I ask like the most surface level. It's like dumb ignorant questions. That's but, fine. But you just know, to like, I don't really know much about being Asian, but you can, can I just ask tell you like the you're question. the only person I've ever opened for or like just doing shows in general where there have been like a large amount of Asian people who come to shows. Why? Do you you probably don't know that, but like I feel like Asian people don't come to that many comedy shows, but they come for you. Have you ever been to San Francisco? Well, no. Well, then there you go. You don't know where the demographic... I mean, if you go to Seattle or San Francisco... I've been to Seattle. And there's no Asians at your shows? Like I've, been in, I've done shows in Chicago. Maybe you do, hillbilly, you may do hillbilly shows. That ain't true. Yeah, probably. <laughs> but you I know? just feel like there's like extra pride for you. They like come out extra. I have a, I mean, you know, I went to Toronto once and there was no Asians and there's a lot of Asians there. So I don't know. I mean, I don't really feel like I have an Asian audience, but they do come out. But well, I have, have Mexicans like too. Yeah, you have... I mean, a lot of Mexicans and... One black and a bunch that of white same people. same black guy who's just flying around the country at every yeah. show. He's like, no, I, it depends <laughs> on where I'm at. Um, some African Americans, yeah, show up, you know, yeah, just yeah. like, yeah, okay. Uh, do you? It's already starting uncomfortable, huh? It's it's a, that's what it is. <laughs> Go ahead. But just know that it's all on me because I'm dumb. I know. Um, no, you're not. Yeah, I mean, you need better self-esteem. No, that's not what this is about, man. <laughs> no, but can we just talk about that for a second? Yeah, okay. Do people know how you were abandoned? I don't, maybe I don't talk about it on my podcast. You, no one knows that you were abandoned. I think my dad might. I know, but <laughs> no one listening to your podcast. I was abandoned, you guys. Yeah, she was at a Waffle House, and my dad abandoned me when you were eight years old. Yeah, and he just left you there. He just left. He left you there. Yeah, don't, don't turn this on me. No, Bobby. just listen. Let me just ask some questions. Ah. Uh, and then, what did you is do? This what Let me ask do? you: this, What do you do? Asians are nosy. When you're eight, Spread. and your mom, your dad leaves you at a Waffle House, do you order pancakes and stuff, or you just sit there and think he's going to come back, and then eventually somebody offers you a ride home, and you oh, are confused. Oh no! And then when you went home, and then what happened? Uh, and then uh, no one was home. And your then, mom wasn't uh, home. No, I think she must have been out with like my brother at a soccer thing or something. Yeah. Nobody mentioned it. I posted about it. Like, I did a whole blog about it last year on Father's Day. Yeah. And my mom, like, sent me, like, a slew of texts and was like, I didn't know that happened. I don't remember that. I, w- I must have been here or there. And, I mean, I mean, the whole thing was, I also sort of, like, said some maybe negative things about her. And she's like, I didn't mean to do a bad job. <laughs> Could it have been that you were eating with your dad at a Wobble House and you just walked home? No, and that I, <laughs> that I, I, the truth is, I abandoned my dad. Yeah, just could it be the reverse the situation? Like, yeah, Where is she? Uh, probably not. That's sad. And then, so did you see your dad after that, or no? Yeah, he came back like a couple days later, and then like six months later, he like left in the middle of the night. And then the next time I saw him was like six months after that. He showed back up to like visit us, and like he had a new woman, soon to be wife. Yeah. yeah. Which, by the way, he brought us. He's like. He picked us up without this woman and then brought me and my brothers to a Denny's. So my dad is just this like weird shitty diner bandit man. <laughs> yeah. And then like he's like, this is Marion, my new girlfriend. And yeah. Then, but and even then, when you have like even when you have like parents that are supposedly I used to get beat all the time. I had a dark childhood. Yeah. Yeah, I, used, I used to get beat by my dad with golf clubs and my mom used to hit me in the face. Yeah. Is that an Asian thing? What? <laughs> Getting beat? He hitting your kids? Is that popular I think, in... I, I mean, I don't know if it's... Or is this an old school it's thing? It's not a fad. Well, no, I know it's not a fad. Well, no, it's not a cultural like thing, but I think that, you know, it happened. And, I, and my dad was an alcoholic, and, you know, I used to beat my brother and I and punch my mom and crazy stuff, but uh-huh. this is t- growing up, you know what I mean? Well, yeah, no, it's... Well, the funny thing is, too, for me, and I don't know if you experienced this, was that, like, 
I didn't really think anything of it. I was just like, that's what it, that was just like life. And then you repeat it to someone who hasn't experienced that. And they're like, Oh my God, what? You must be so fucked up. And you're like, I, I don't, yeah, I don't but, think so. But those people, they're a little weird, aren't they? Well, yeah. They don't really, they don't, they, they don't have crazy stories. No, it's like, yeah, I you like, had a good childhood, but you don't have stories. Yeah, they don't have stories. You have love in your heart, but you have stories. Cause I went to rehab when I was 15. What? Yeah, so already my life was like, the, oh, there's a lot of stories happening here. You are already like just full, what, drinking drugs? Yeah, meth and drinking and all kinds meth. of stuff. Yeah, and then... Um, You're like the joke that people make. They're like, as long as we don't see like a homeless Asian guy. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, that's why when you say you have a slew of, the, sl- slew of Asian questions, to me it's like I didn't have an Asian life. An Asian life. But I mean, I had Asian parents that ate Asian food. <laughs> And they sounded Asian. and That's pretty much all it takes. And then you watch TV and you go, oh, there's us doing karate. <laughs> or, or like that's us, you know what I mean? Oh my <laughs> God, we're lawyers and TV shows and stuff. You sat around watching karate videos? I mean, that's all you would see us in. Or like we Do you were, watch a lot of like... We wore kimonos. You imagine the 70s when you watch, turn the TV when on. And like Asians in TV. Yeah, there, wasn't, it's there like wasn't like... The Asian-iest Asian. We didn't like have um, Stephen Par- uh, Yoon yet from Walking no. Dead. We Was had there... Nobody. Was there uh, Korean dramas on TV? No. No? So it's just like every once in a while you saw like George Takei and then you're like... He was the... No, I mean, think of it this way. That was the only Him, Asian. there was a guy on Barney Miller who was also Asian. Yeah. We had Pat Morita that did like a year on Happy Days. And then, um, huh. I mean, you had Connie Chung, but that was in the 80s. She was a newscaster or whatever. So yeah. We don't really have much. Did you notice that when you were a kid? Were yeah. Because you, oh, you grew up, what, San Diego? Or yeah, I lived in San Diego, and then I lived in um, Minnesota for about a decade How's as a kid. And then sorry, go ahead. That's where I was molested. Minnesota or San Diego? It's really weird for you to say that's where I was molested, and then basically have a blowjob to your vape in front of me. Like <laughs> I was molested in uh, Minnesota. Yeah? Was it by a Viking? It was by a guy with Down syndrome. Oh, he did his best, you know? We just what? You're not the only person I've heard that's been molested by a mentally challenged person. Yeah. It makes me sad for well, you, but also that person was probably molested. And it's like this, like they like don't know that they're doing. Yeah, he was really good, though. Yeah? Did you come? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I came and everything. Uh, was there big uh, Asian populations in San Diego or Minnesota? No. I mean, not where I grew up. I um, It was like five in my class in high school. And then um, in Minnesota, none. None? So no. it was like noticeable. You were like, oh, I'm... I'm yeah, I mean, you're, did you, know, you think you, about it? I don't know. You, there's more. There's other things. It's survival in general. Like it's yeah. like I don't you know friends. Who am I going to be friends with? And um, but I was always kind of a degenerate, you know. Yeah. yeah. When did you first start getting like really into trouble? Young. I mean, like little, little. Why well, you? Well, I mean, I always got all like D's and C's on my report card. Yeah. And that in itself, with like traditional Korean parents, was uh, unacceptable. Unacceptable. Did you play violin or piano? I played some <laughs> piano, but um, like I used to have this uh, um, piano teacher that would like if you fucked up on a note, she would slam the lid of the piano <gasps> on your fingers. How does she expect you to get better lady. with the broke? Oh, that's so. I'm German, but, and that's yeah, the most German thing I've ever heard. That's and then my parents thought, yeah, that's that's who. That's what he needs. He, he needs, yeah. But it's like no. I mean, the, I. You know, some kids. They go through that and they, you know, they do what their parents say and they comply or whatever. And they come out hypothetically a well-rounded person. Yeah. Some, no, outside. like most of them, like all my cousins, they all went to, 
Ivy League schools. They all got straight A's. They all had regular jobs. But are they happy? But my brother and I we were treated like that, and we rebelled. Rebelled. And Which I don't know why. You know? Yeah, well, it probably just made your parents more angry, too. Like, Well, I mean, it got, by the time I was 17, I was in three rehabs. So they're like, so They're like, he's broken. And they're I mean, just they always like, th- it was almost as if they did something wrong. Yeah. Oh, yeah. People take that personally sometimes. Yeah. I think that's, uh, I'm not going to regurgitate information I'm learning from a childhood emotional neglect book. Uh, but, <laughs> yeah, no, it's weird how parents can, like, take that as, like, a personal reflection where it's like arguably yeah something went wrong but also like sometimes kids are just like that and it's like i don't know i don't know i think just the mixing of my the genes with my mom and my dad just made two fucked up korean kids yeah you think that there's like maybe a what's that called like a recessive gene that if it combines with something else it makes you like a rebel I don't know about that, but uh, it's interesting I, that you and your brother. It was well, my brother was good. Genetic. My brother was good. My brother was a Christian, oh. and so like he was, but like psychotically, like he would like take oh, like diehard, like pages from the Bible and like paste it on his wall. Oh, like that's so creepy. Like Kevin Spacey in like um, Seven. Oh, like ha- you know, like the ne- neon cr- cross sign. Yeah, and it, yeah, he was like. He would outline things, and then, um, then his senior year, he just started smoking pot for some reason. Oh wow! And then that's when, when he went to college, is when he became crazy. Is he younger than you? Yeah. So he took a little bit longer to come out of his shell, but then yeah, but then he was because I got sober when I was seventeen. So when he started going crazy, I was already sober. Were you completely sober from seventeen on? No, I was sober from seventeen to twenty-nine. When'd you get into comedy? When I was 23. Oh, man. So, um, and then my brother lived in my, I, I had a, um, an apartment in Silver Lake. Oh, yeah. Back in the late 90s. Okay. And he moved into my closet. <laughs> he did. <laughs> That's such a, like, L.A. story. And then he really, ha- I've, I've gotten up jobs before. Yeah. And he gets fired. Does he, has he burned some bridges? No, I mean, I, I got him a job at the. Improv in Phoenix, and he got okay. fired after a week for really? like yelling at a waitress. And then he, he got a job at Amoeba Records in LA, wow. and then he got fired for sexual harassment. And then I got him a job at Sushi Dance on Sunset. Oh no, he and he yeah. got fired from a sushi yeah, restaurant. Yeah, yeah, and he uh, told the sushi chef to go fuck himself after like Jesus. two days. So my brother can't really get a job. So he's a little uh, authority angry. He's hilarious. Oh, I'm you sure. don't know Stephen. I, yeah, I mean, you know what? I met him a long time ago, yeah. just like once very briefly. Very funny. Steven's the best. That's amazing. So now... Do you um, think you influenced him? No, we just have crazy parents that made crazy kids. Yeah. But my brother now is in a band and he's doing good. Yeah, what kind of music? I don't know really. Violin? No. Why do you say that? <laughs> I don't know. It's a rock band. Yeah, it'd be cool if there's a violin in a rock band, wouldn't it? I know, it? but it's he's a singer. Oh, yeah. that's awesome! I love it. It's to got sing. Money Mark in it. He's from yeah. He wrote like the Beastie Boy. Oh, a, yeah, a couple yeah, yeah. albums and yeah. He's a guitarist and uh, David Cho, the artist, is a drummer. David Cho. Yeah, you don't know is David Cho. Al- is he also Korean? Yeah. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. It's like you know his story, right? No. Da- my friend David was a uh, street artist. Oh and wait. And then he um, he worked for Vice too for a long time. Okay. But he also um. Mark Zuckerberg asked him to paint like the corporate offices of Facebook, <gasps> oh. and he got stock from that. 
Really? Yeah, and it, the stock was worth $250 million. Oh, so he's like set. He's set for life, yeah. So he's just like, let me do the thing I'm passionate about and not So then he, made, he started a band and he asked my brother to be the lead singer. That's amazing. But my brother's really talented in that way. Um, but he has a job. That's great. Yeah, yeah. He found a thing. Yeah. Um, why is your boy have bare feet? Because I'm a creep. Mm. I'm a why do you have such low self-esteem? What happened to you? A lot. I don't know. Tell it's, me. It's what didn't happen, you know? Nobody acknowledged me. They uh, didn't? No, I raised myself. And I, had, I had a mom who was mentally ill, so she yeah. sometimes wasn't very nice to me. Uh, but it's amazing that you didn't become like um, Eileen Warnos. Yeah, I was her for Halloween, though, because I was like, I get it, you know? Yeah, you could, you, you really you get killing people and stuff? I mean, no. <laughs> but sometimes I teeter on, like, am I going to, like, slip into schizophrenia or, like, dissociative identity disorder to check out? I don't know. But I think you think, I, you think you have that in capability? I don't know. They say that that happens when you're, like, trying to shut out trauma. I think I, like, dive into my trauma too much for that to happen. Yeah. Is that you I have like crazy white eyes. That's what it is. Crazy wide eyes? White. Oh, uh, yeah. I, I look mean, in your eyes. I go, is she okay? It's just, <laughs> I'm I'm not. You're not okay. Never. Oh, but I will be. Have you ever been physically assaulted anybody? Uh, yeah. You have why? Yeah, for because I because people are mean. Have I physically assaulted yeah, someone, yeah. or have I been physically have you? assaulted? Oh, uh, I've defended myself in a fight, but I've never. Once I like pulled a girl's hair, but like yeah, and once a kid told me that girls couldn't play soccer, so I punched him in the face. But that was like third grade, you know. That was third grade, yeah. Uh, but as an adult, you've never been in a physical altercation. No, I don't think so. No, once I mean I had an abusive boyfriend that I like locked myself in the bathroom running away from, but that was that was it. Not really a physical assault. It was just me hiding and crying. You're also a heartbreaker. Huh? You're a heartbreaker. I'm not a heartbreaker. Yeah, you are. No, I'm not. What happened to what's-his-name? With all the what's-his-names? No, that guy. Yeah, that guy? Yeah, uh, why can't you name his name? Which guy? You know who I'm talking about. Why can't you name his name? I forgot for a second. You don't remember who you don't <laughs> know who you're talking about. <laughs> I have good intentions in relationships, and then what I've done in the past Brendan. is that I have... Uh, Brenton. He's, um, he's amazing. It yeah. just didn't work out. Yeah, you but know? you broke his heart, Brenton. I didn't mean to. I didn't you, go but like... But you did. But I wasn't like, fuck you, I'm leaving. It how, was did just you br- like, how did you break up with him? I said, I, I can't do this anymore. Why? Because, why, are we, why is this turning into therapy for me? It's not therapy. I'm asking you a question. No, I, because uh, here's what I realized. I have a pattern in relationships uh, that like, and, and part of it's like relationships run their course and, and, you know, they just don't all last forever. But also like, I realized that I hit a point in relationships where uh, I realized that that person cares about me and I care for them. And then I uh, shut down because. Is that every relationship? Because it's emotionally safer to every just shut Every relationship you're like that. Yeah, I think so far, but uh-huh. I have also done a lot of like, the re- I'm in a relationship now and I've done a lot of work on my own and I feel very like, it sounds so corny, but this is the, I feel very different about this relationship. And I, I've never said that about other relationships. I've just been like, well, we'll see. Okay. How um, long has it been in this new one? Not long, like three months. Yeah, it's not. You're going to break his heart. No, I'm not. I feel, <laughs> you know what? You're going to break his heart. Is, uh, you know what's oh, different no. about this is what? that I feel uh, it's calm. Like the other like quote love that I've experienced in other relationships was this like high intensity like anxious like like a roller coaster of like oh what's gonna happen what's gonna happen and like the person I'm with now I just like we just had a moment where we connected and it's just been like relaxed like I'm not I'm not like worried about it Right. So, you know, what'll probably happen is that he'll break my heart. But let's enough about me. Let's talk about No but I I know (laughs) I understand it's about me. I understand it's about me, but I need to ask questions about you before I get to me. Yeah. Or I, can, I just have a couple more. 
Oh. But are you still friends with Brenton? Yeah, we're we're friends. Yeah, we're cordial. He was we sad for out. like a year, though, huh? Was he? I think he was sad for a little while. A no, few for a while. No, I could he say uh, like he was just destroyed. Shut up. He had a girlfriend what? within like seven, yeah, like seven or eight months later. Yeah, but he was still destroyed. It was really I mean, sad to look at. I mean, you he, crushed him. <laughs> he also wasn't very emotionally open, so yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know much about the. That's why I don't know much about the relationship. So you can't even fucking even listen to me right now. Yeah, I know. You're just saying things. I know because you. Are mean. <laughs> you think I'm mean? No. Yeah. Stop you think I'm mean? Tonguing your vape in front of me. It's creepy. Uh, so you're in a new relationship. Everything's fine. Everything you're getting great. funny on stage. I think I've gotten better. You're getting good on stage, you know? And I then think I did a good you job. and Dana Moon are good. Yeah, we're good. Okay. Dana Moon's good. I think there was a fall out, falling was out, no but fall I'm not going to get I'm going to get to the bottom of it. No, there I will is, get to the bottom of no it. There's no fallout. Don't look at your fucking phone with your fucking stupid Asian questions. Ask me an Asian no, question. It just the phone just says bing bong bing bing. Yeah, you no, know, to give me an Asian question. No, uh how often uh I I feel like people know you now, but like did have you experienced like in your life a lot of people calling you the wrong Asian? Like being like you're Japanese, right? I think in the um 80s and a little bit of the 90s, yeah. But as soon as the internet hit, I think that you find People less learn. of that. Yeah. I mean, right now, I mean, it's like, what is a white dude going to say to me that's going to break my heart? Ugh, white dudes. I mean, they, right? they, they, even if like, I mean, I one time I was dating this girl, Sarah, and I was in Hawaii. Ooh. And Sarah was a tall, she's almost 5'10", 5'11", blonde girl. Dang. And I was holding hands with her on the beach. Oh, no. And these four white guys walked past me. Like, they're, like, from Ohio or something. Oh, uh, bros. And they say out loud, that guy paid for her. Like, they couldn't believe. And then even with my girlfriend now, like, if I was in Arizona once. I was walking by a American, uh, Bank of America. And there was a guy yeah. with, on his ATM. And he saw my girlfriend. And he looked at me. And he was visibly angry. Yeah. Yeah. But it's because some some white dudes live in the past. Or they think. Right, that, that they should conquer all pussy. Ugh. But like me, the and the ethnics the that I know, we, we conquer too. Yeah, well, we conquer uh, now. Yeah? Yeah. You also and we're like never going to allow them to dictate how we feel about ourselves or what we do. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. They're so powerful. Yeah. I will no longer allow it. You also get like super hot chicks. Yeah, that's another thing is that I'm a fat, ugly, <laughs> old Asian guy I who's a little say greasy, that. but still, I don't a let little. people. That's funny. <laughs> you can make fun of me. That's fine. <laughs> you just but I don't allow me. people like you. <laughs> you I don't you allow like people me? like you. All right, dictate how I should fucking live my life. Okay. Right. You date all those hot girls. It doesn't even or matter, dude. Just love. check it out, dude. Check it out, lady. <laughs> all right, check it out, lady. I just do what I do, and that's it. Okay. This is so Asian guy trying to be tough. Oh, <laughs> I'm well, kidding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't even know what that you, means. You, you know what? I you probably didn't even know. You grew up in Alaska, right? Yeah. I bet you didn't have one Eskimo friend. Yeah, I did. No, and it frustrates me to no end when people go like, actually, it's Inuit, because those are two different things. When people go like, don't say Eskimo, it's rude. It's like, no, that's a thing. Well, wait, there's a difference between Inuit and Eskimo? Yeah, they're different tribes. Yeah, but they're both the same. Yeah, okay. They're Thanks, brown Chinese snow people. Guy. They're brown snow people. You're, you're, uh, I don't understand how when people say yellow, I don't understand that. Why? Because like, I don't think Asian people look yellow, but I was like, you're a yellow Eastern. Yeah, I'm, I'm 
there's a yellow hue a little bit. I think maybe I yeah, just you grew do up too, with though. an alcoholic mother, so I was like, and they just all look the oh, same as alco- my mom. All right. <laughs> the jaundice. Yeah. She fits in in Asia because she's just jaundiced. I can't believe I really don't think that's a, uh, that's, I guess I don't see color. Um, when you were in Korea, did you feel good about it? What about being in Korea? Yeah, did you have fun? I had fun. It was cool. I, I like experiencing new things. I think travel is important. It, it broadens people's horizons. And uh, <laughs> well, I mean, like literally, but also like yeah. I think it's uh, it's harder to remain ignorant if you go new places. Yeah. I think it's important. I think if a lot of people just got out of their bumfuck trailer park towns and like saw other people and saw that this person that looks different than them is also a human and normal, they'd feel less like scared. Yeah, it's like that thing like, you know, when uh, Trump was saying like, no Muslims are allowed. To, you know, it's like oh, that's fine and great and dandy, but I know so many Muslim dudes yeah, like and girls, and they're all Muslim. like so cool and stuff. It's like I can't, like I just know them. Yeah. You know, and it's like if you if you talk to a lot of these people that believe in that, they don't ha- know They've anybody. They've never met anyone. They've never I mean, met anybody, and they don't know what they're like. And they, they live in these small towns. And let me so say something else. All right. If if a Republican shows me that electoral electoral map again, where all the red in the middle, right, and the little tiny blues on the sides, like we rule the country because look at the red, right? It's like you're all There's idiot. nothing in that red. It's all desert. Yeah. Okay. It's like far. California has the sixth biggest economy in the world. Really? Yeah. I didn't know. All that. right. Montana does not. What? Nothing against Montana. I love Montana. I love what they're all about. But well, it's I'm like just saying, when you go, it's just these coasts. It's like, yeah, that's where all the people are, though. Yeah. It's like, you know, they just put all the votes in one pot and let's just see what happens. Yeah. No, I mean. But they're not going to do it that way. I've hated the Electoral College forever. I've I don't even get it till this day. I, if people try to explain it to me. I no, don't even understand. I remember it. learning about it in like fifth or sixth grade and being like, that's bullshit. Yeah. Like, that's a scam, and this isn't a democracy. And then people be like, it's not. It's a republic. Like, you're, they're like, don't you know it's a republic? And it's like, yeah, well, it sucks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, give me another Asian question them, that you have. Uh, in these Asian questions. Okay, so I'm, you, said that <laughs> you said when you were growing up you saw, like, um, you know, not that many Asians on TV. When you, um, when you first started getting into Hollywood and acting, did you feel like there weren't, like, a lot of, like, parts for you? Or... Well, for me, I didn't feel it really, but but then again, what do I know? I mean, I I mean, I I started comedy in '95. Okay. And then 2001, I was on. I did Jay Leno. Okay. So in six years, I did the Tonight Show, and then so that's when pressure. I got Matt TV too. Okay. So after about five or six years of doing comedy. I started making a living, you know. Yeah, and so you sort one, of surpassed so it's like that. I, it's not surpass. It's just that I. Well, you missed the part of like, not missed, but like you got to a point quick enough where it wasn't like as much like. I don't know, grinding out on auditions and stuff, maybe. Well, where it's I like mean, when I first got on Mad TV, the main question was, "What do we do with him?" Oh, I yeah. mean, that was the main thing. It's like, "What do we do with him?" And so the first couple of years of Mad. I wasn't on it that much. I mean, they kept me around contractually. Yeah. And I was there, but I wasn't on a lot. Did you, you feel know? like there were parts like you could have done, but for some reason they couldn't see you in them because you're Asian? Still to, that, to, 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 still to this day, there were things that I know that I could have done that I wasn't able to do. Yeah. But um, at the end of the day, I stayed on that show for eight years, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, I survived it. Yeah, I sir. Sur- I survived. But you know, people don't understand how difficult it was because I was like the, 
and we had Stephen Park who was on In Living Color, but he did a couple of years. But I did eight years on a, an American sketch show, and it was like, whatever. It was hard, but I did it, and you know, now I'm doing other things. You know, you're doing so many other things. I barely, but you know. I feel like that's. Why so do you, you keep looking at the notes? It's really unprofessional. Um, no one can see me looking at the notes. I understand Bobby. that, but you know what? Turn the turn the phone away. I want you to grow. No, because no, I no. I'll tell you why. No, I know. I know you're not gonna look at that again. Because you could, you, we gotta, te- we're gonna learn how to do it. No, this podcast has a format, Bobby. It's not just chitter chatter, interesting things. This oh. isn't podcast. This isn't an interesting podcast. Okay, what is it this again? Is a you have a structure podcast then. where I ask racist questions. To oh, you people. do. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, I'm kidding. No, I. Uh, <laughs> go ahead. I mean, I Don't sort be of lost. Not. Wait, so fine. you never like experience like going to an audition? You're just like standing in a room full of other Asian guys, and they're like, I did. I did in the be? beginning. In the beginning, was like. <laughs> When did Kim Jong show up? A couple <laughs> years after me, but I um, I would used to go to auditions where people were wearing like kung fu outfits and ninja oh suits, God. and I'd go in and they go, "You don't know martial arts?" I go, "No," and they're like, "Well, what are you doing here?" He's like, "I don't know. You I brought go, my me agent, here." My agent submitted me because they didn't know what well, that was. It. So it's like, yeah, Asians were only getting like kung fu ninja parts. Oh yeah, so I just kind of basically told um, I had a Korean agent. I still have him. You do. He's my he's my commercial agent. Oh, is he and looking for white women to be clients? I'm kidding. I told him, I go, dude, just submit me for like white commercials. Good for you. And he goes, so he goes, he tried, the first one he tried was a Maxwell House commercial. <laughs> and this is the premise, a white man, they said, the description was 40 to 50 years old <laughs> and Brad Pittish. <laughs> like chiseled, right? But like a beard. This is so funny. And he walks outside a log cabin and he drinks his Maxwell House coffee on this log cabin with That's an axe. It. You're just there right? being beautiful. So now I show up to the audition <laughs> and there's like 80 to 100 white dudes. Hot white dudes. Yeah, wearing like lumberjack. And, and you're uh, in a ninja outfit. <laughs> no, I, wasn't, I was just regular dressed. <laughs> and I went in and I got it. You got it? Yep. Because they were like, something about this guy's different. No, I, I, I just don't let that. Did why would I let that? Let's of course. Because the thing is, is that if it's a non-speaking part, which is what it was, it's just like a guy. There's it no dialogue. Need to be, yeah. So in those auditions, to break it up, they don't just go walk around. They ask you questions. Yeah. How was Halloween? Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Any audition where they're going to ask me a question, I'm going to get it. Because you're interesting. No, because I'm going to be funny. Yeah. I'm going to make everyone laugh. Yeah. And so, and then I booked a lot of ones like that where it was just like all white or whatever. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, I heard that they did that with uh, Whoopi Goldberg in in one of her movies was supposed to be like a white man. And then what happens is this: is that a lot of times they can't see see the monotony when they see the monotony of just white guy, white guy, white guy, and then another guy, especially in the late '90s when this happened. Like when I did commercials, there was like no, uh, there was six Asian guys. Yeah. 
and they, and half of them didn't even speak English, <laughs> right? So it's like I already can beat half of them out. And also, I'm a comedian, so I- anything that's funny, it's gonna I'm gonna stick have out. A shot. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I just feel like after a day of looking at the same people, just seeing someone who looks different is like refreshing because you're like, oh, okay, I'm awake. Also, I tell young guys, I go, you know, as a comedian, you know what your muscles are. Yeah. Right, your strengths. Yeah. Okay. Me, I'm not political. You know, I'm not that observational. Yeah. But in terms of like facial expressions, mugging, yeah, old school techniques like that, I know what kind of mugs gets laughs and not. Yeah. So it's like if it's a commercial where a guy's running down the street, you're on a fucking park bench, yeah. right? And you have to a guy runs past you naked, <laughs> and then they go just do an expression, right? Oh, you're gonna nail you, it. I mean, I said, they know. It. I just know that I know what I can do in that situation, and I know that what I can do is strong. Yeah. And I own up to those things, but it's like, that's why when I see comics go, yeah, I had a callback for this commercial, but this other guy got it. I go, you could have got it, but you just don't know your strengths. Oh, wow. I believe that any comedian that's a real good comedian can get anything. Really? I can't wait till I go on an audition. You don't want that life. I want that money, though. I know, but you don't want the life, and that's the thing why I'm doing this podcast, because I want to confront you about it. <laughs> okay? Why? Why don't you need bigger dreams? Why can't I just aspire to make people happy with my comedy? Because it's about visualization. Yeah? What do I need to visualize? Well, you, you put, for me, I know what I want. That's the number one thing. I think it's... And well, I, think, I, think, I, think that, I think that, you know, I'm performing in front of people and making them happy is a little vague <laughs> of a dream. And I think it's low. Yeah? Right. So I need to You got to go higher. Like, visualize, like, what kind of house you want to live in. Visualize what your life is going to be like or what you want your life to be like. But if you're, like, a, guy, you're a girl with a voice and you're very talented and you're brave on stage, oh, I think you. that if you had a dream and, a, and you visualize that, I'm not, I don't believe in manifestation. Well, no, but it's like but it gives you, you something to work towards. Exactly. It's in your head. That's what it is. Well, I mean, anything I visualize, though, is, like, all stand-up based. Yeah. So I don't, I, uh... So you never had a dream of like being on a in a movie? I did, but then I the more I do stand up, the more I'm like. But oh, is it? Okay it with but this. is it a is it a defense mechanism? Because a lot of guys go like this, like a fear of rejection. Yeah, I don't want to do movies because I just don't want to do them. But no. deep down inside, they don't want to. They don't think they can. No, I don't think so. I mean, like when I first got into stand up, it's because I wanted to be on SNL and I didn't know how to do that. But then the minute I like got my first laugh on stage, I just was like, this makes this. This feels right. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I feel like if I wanted to do movies, the weird thing is, is that like I would want, I wouldn't, I don't know if I'd want to do comedy movies. I'd want to be like a batshit crazy person. Yeah, there you go. Do that. How do I do that? Take acting classes. Classes. What would you yeah. recommend if you're going to recommend an acting class? Oh, um, I would take some sort of Meisner technique class or some sort okay. of technique class just to get deeper involved in it. But um, oh, you know fine. why? No, I'm just well, like... Just, be a st- just, be just do stand-up then. No, I want to do more... But every, anything I want to do outside of stand-up is with the goal of being able to make it easier for me to do stand-up. Does that make sense? The reason why I do... I, I, like I, have, I go on auditions and stuff, and the, it's the hope that you know, I'll do a project that's going to get on TV or whatever, and then it helps. All of it helps. Yeah. 
It's like my intro when people bring me out. He was in Harold and Kumar. He was in Diet Dictator. He was in I Mad TV. He's done this, that, right? Curb Your Enthusiasm, whatever. Is it all those things that you do are just so that people can come out yeah. to watch you perform? I guess I just need a clearer goal of those A things. lot of people don't like this. He's just done nothing. Which is dumb because it's like, well, just you came to a comedy show. Let me be funny. But you're no, right. No, it's, it's, it's like this. I'd rather see a, a band... I'm okay. Let's, let me. It's like there's so many shitty bands out there. Do you want to know that they've opened for someone because it helps their reputation no. or whatever? Think of all the shitty. There's a lot of great garage bands, but there's mostly shitty ones. Yeah. Like just amateur bands. Same. Okay. Yeah. And what are you gonna go watch? Three hundred amateur bands to find one good one. Or when you when you hear this, this band that's new got signed to Four AD, or they got signed to like um, you know Sub Pop. Yeah. Right. Then so you that go, oh, you. somebody vetted them, so they must be good enough, right? Because I like a lot of bands from 4AD okay. and Sub Pop, right? Yeah. Then um, you go, I'll listen to it. Yeah, you're right. But that's only because they got signed, right? It's like, you know, the reason why there's agents is so that casting directors and producers don't have to see 10,000 so people. So they have someone that vetted them. No, you go to an agent and go, instead of seeing 10,000 people, you have 15 good ones. Yeah. Of course. Right? That's why that's all in play. So it's like, I think you know, why, w- why would you not, if you were on The Tonight Show, you did Jimmy Fallon. I would love that. And then you were like reoccurring on, you know, some TV show. Then people go, oh, she must be good. Yeah. You're right. I mean, I'm not, I want to do like The Tonight Show and stuff like that. Like, I'm 100% right. Yeah, I know that you know you're right. Uh, and you're 100% wrong. Okay, that's not true. I think you are in this. You think I'm, I, well, I'm not saying that I'm right, so I can't. Yeah, be but why are you being argumentative about it? I'm just trying to figure things out, Bobby. Uh, How long have you been doing stand up? Like six and a half years. I'm telling you right now, Jessica. Right? Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> so stupid. Jessica, right? No. Michelle Singleton says. Yeah, Michelle Singleton says. Yeah, yeah. Um, like when I was, I was with Kyle, maybe Billy Bunnell, some other young guys that opened for me. And I ask Sandy Danto, Aww. I ask, who's a girl that I can bring on, on the road? And everyone said, Jessica Michelle Singleton. Really? Yeah. And I go, oh, yeah. But if that didn't happen, I would never bring you on the road just because I know you. Yeah, no. You had to have references, right? Yeah. Well, then. Well, then I have those references. I mean, no, here's the thing. Ah. <sighs> I guess it's like hard for me to verbalize. I don't know. Like I, I would like to do any type of acting just with the goal of doing more stand up. Right. I don't, I, I feel like the fact that I'm not clear about this is probably why I still don't have representation. Cause I'm like, I don't know. I always like to make people laugh. Um, you don't know what it's like when people go, Oh my God, I saw you in this. I do. And I go, that's not me. <laughs> I know. But what I'm saying for real though, if that happened, yeah. It would it would it would help your confidence out. Would it? Yeah, and you would you would feel more like a star. I think I have identity issues, which makes me uncomfortable yeah. with the idea of being a star. I think that's what it is. That's, that's why I asked you about your my daddy your daddy issues and you being abandoned and all that stuff. That's the stuff that you should work that stuff out. I am. I'm currently working it out. I listen to a lot of audiobooks and I'm gonna go to sliding scale therapy. Because comedy doesn't pay that well. Buy my album, you guys. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Do Asians go to therapy? Why would you ask that? <laughs> We're humans. Just to make you get angry. You want me? You want to get me? You, want me, you like it when I get angry? <laughs> no. Oh uh, yeah, I'll get I'm angry. Afraid. Are you afraid of me? No. Oh. Not not you per se. I'm just afraid of everything in general. <laughs> oh yeah. I mean. Yeah, I mean, I, I you know I'm in AA, so. Yeah. Yeah, I've done a lot of therapy. I just feel like there's things like uh, culturally that like therapy is like okay for some families, and then some yeah, people look at it as like a though. stigma. I know. You do? Yeah. Are you? Yeah. Oh. I mean, you have to understand that <laughs> I... Just hear me out. I grew up in Minnesota and then San Diego. And I lived in San Diego pretty much all my life. Yeah. And I've had... Um, white. I grew up with white people. Yeah. How right? many people do to you what I just did? Where I was like, you know... What You're the Asian first in years. Really? Yeah. Okay. Just so you know, that's just how the podcast is supposed to be. It's not I understand that. I like jackass. it. No, no, no. I'm not going to... Keep asking stuff like that. Yeah. Have give, me you another, uh, uh, give me another awkward Asian question. Are Asians racist? We're probably the most racist people in the world. Is it more against other types of Asians or yeah. against non-Asians? Yeah. Or both? Against probably more other Asians. What upsets your parents more? The fact that you went to comedy or that you date white people? <laughs> they don't care about the white people. Yeah. Because my dad thought I was gay. Uh, that's, I feel like that's a big advantage for men in uh, any family where like normally race would be an issue. If their parents think they're gay, they're just so thankful. I dated an Indian guy once that like when his parents finally found out he was dating me, his mom's like, oh, thank God. Yeah. We thought you were gay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then he's, he's like, oh, what a weird relief. <laughs> yeah. I don't think my parents have never had, because you know, it's, uh, it's funny. You, you school your parents, right? Like my, my brother and I, you know, when they were, y- my parents were younger and they were young parents. Yeah. Obviously, they had their own ideas about parenting the world and, and the parenting yeah. and, and life. But they had my brother, two crazy kids who are very liberal and open. Yeah. So you're and we've never them. had any kind of religion in our lives or whatever. So wow. it's like, and I've always had a tendency of just being an open person, yeah. you know? Like, just, oh, yeah, he's a gay guy. Who cares? Yeah. Black guy, great. who cares? Whatever, you know? And so, like when, like I know some um, Asian parents that voted for like McCain when McCain ran against uh, uh, Obama, and that was because. But it's because of. But like my parents voted for Obama. Yeah, you think Why? you helped them? I d- like no, I just said you're not voting for anybody else but them. So you. So they did your it. Parents. They did it. No, yeah, but we, you conditioned them. You conditioned them. You threatened them. Well, I I, I have a belief. Like I a, have a belief, a and I and I, I have a belief, and I and I believe, and and I, I I relay that information to my parents, and it's like I'm and not they gonna, hear it, yeah, and they go, oh, that makes sense, and then you change them over the years. Oh, my mom just goes, let's not talk about politics, and she keeps sharing Trump memes. Uh, she loves <laughs> she loves Trump. Uh, I don't know if she lo- she loves him. She's like, you know, if it was between him and Bernie, I wouldn't vote for Trump. But I just can't. She's one of those women who was like, I just can't vote for Hillary, which was sad. A lot of people were like that. Yeah. Yeah, a lot. And it's really just, I just, I don't understand. Did your parents vote for Hillary? Yeah. I don't understand what that whole thing is about. I I, I don't <laughs> know people generally that think that way. And, um... I know two comics, I'm not going to name the, who they are, who voted for him. Really? Are they really rich? They're big comics. So they w- it was money, I bet. Maybe, or but just terrible maybe, I mean, it's like for me, 
having Trump is going to probably benefit me because I make pretty good money. Yeah, and you get a tax break. But like you think of people, you think of the bigger picture. It's not that. It's just that I, you know, because I have Muslim friends, because yeah. I, I know that the terrorists in 9-11 were all funded by Saudi Arabia yeah. and not the seven countries that, you know, Trump that, that Trump is banning. You know what I mean? That he doesn't it's like do business I, I, <laughs> I, I know that these terrorists are extreme extremist groups. Yes. Right. And that's not the it's mentality not of regular of. Muslims. And, you know, I believe in gay rights. I believe that gay people are being, that are born that way. I believe in women's rights. Yeah. I believe in people's rights and people's freedoms in that way. Yeah. And so I can never be a conservative because I don't believe in trickle-down economics because I believe that rich people hoard the money. Yeah, and it doesn't help anybody. It doesn't help anybody. So I just, I'm generally, I'll always be a liberal guy because I don't know anything else, you know? Yeah. Well, it also just like, I mean, it makes sense, but there's some people who live in whatever reality they live in that they grew up in that for some reason the other thing makes sense whether it's but it doesn't make any sense to me i mean there's no there's never an argument to me where i go oh i see it your way i don't i just don't see it their way i think that with conservatives and also i i mean i think i tweeted something about this but like I think there's something to be said about the emphasis on materialism and money in American culture where it's like part of status is having money or like appearing to have money. And there's people who are so obsessed with that that they would be would would rather be thought a racist than risk having people know that they're poor so that it's like. They feel like, oh, people vote for the idea that they have of themselves. I think with conservatives, it's like these poor people voting against their own interests, but they want to be like, I don't need help from the government. I'm f- yeah. I don't. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. But it's also, ignorance. But it's also a lot of them, like I was on Twitter today, a lot of Christian <sighs> people are like Trump fans. It's like he said out loud that as a celebrity, it's all right to grab women's pussies. I don't understand how that... How anyone with a woman in their life can be okay voting for someone. I don't, uh, yeah, I don't understand it, but, you know, they do what they do, and I'll never understand it. Well, and there's still men who see women as, like, property. And well, like, I, f- I view that to be true for me, my, my life. Shut the fuck up. Fuck you, man. How, uh, wait, are, were your parents born in America, too? How far, what generation? They're Egyptian. Yes, they were born in Korea. That's right. Asked if they were born in America. And you no, they're, they have accents. You see my act? Yeah, I don't know. I, but it could be an act. No, I don't lie in my act. <laughs> I don't lie in my act. So when did they, do you know when they came over? Yes, uh, they're my parents. What? The late I, 60s. I don't know everything about the my late parents. 60s. The late 60s. Yeah. Do you, do you, um, I feel bad for you because you don't know much about your parents. Yeah. See, I'm learning about other people's parents to cope. Yeah. My parents were, um, my parents met here. Yeah. They met in Los Angeles, and um, my mom didn't like my dad, so she moved. Away? He was stalking her. And that was okay back then, by the way. Isn't yeah. that weird? Well, I mean, it's, yeah, but it's also, they're like midget Koreans, so who else are they going to date? Uh, so then my dad, a midget Korean woman could date a very powerful Jewish man. <laughs> maybe. But then my mom moved to Wisconsin, and then my dad <laughs> followed her there. That's love. If someone's going to go to Wisconsin yeah. for you. And he came to places. the door with a steak. A steak? Yeah, because I bought you a steak. She goes, all right, I'll give you another shot. 
And then it's a man of my dreams. They, a steak. They got flowers. married, had me, and then my dad punched my mom's tooth out. Why? When I was because uh, you were such eight a bad kid. No, you? my dad was <laughs> violent. Oh, was he? He was just always like that. He he was a violent man, and I um, I I just remember being running from him in horror all the time. Yeah, I didn't really. It wasn't one of those things like dad's home. It was like a tense, like oh no, dad's home. Yeah, at times he would be like, I love you and whatnot. And as kids, kids, he was fine. But it was just, you know, toward, you, know, you turn 11, you know. Preteen, man. adolescent. Yeah, and it was, he was, um, but then at, when I graduated from high school is when I got closer to him. Yeah. As he get, got older, he softened. Yeah. Well, you know what? I think also, like, there's something to be said, and I'm just drawing from my own awkward experience, but like. There's something to be said about not living under the same roof as your parents as far as, like, getting emotionally closer to them. No, I, I lived I, – I, when I graduated from high school, I stayed home for, like, three years. Oh, okay. <laughs> just because I wanted to help my parents out. I got sober, and I just yeah. kind of, like, stuck around. I, I drove my brother to his, like, wrestling meets. And yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. He had a job, you know, and stuff like that. Time. Yeah, but um, – and then um, when I was 23 – I started doing stand-up. What were you on the path to do before that? Like, what were you working on? Well, the the, the motivation to do stand-up was always... It was my only out, really, because when I was that young, I, I didn't go to college. I was working at, like, coffee shops and, like, restaurants and stuff. Yeah. And then you just kind of think, is this going to be my life? It's just, like, this like coffee shop guy yeah and then luckily the well the first thing that happened was i worked at a coffee shop called disc cafe hmm. and um this girl rebecca worked there this blonde girl yeah and she was dating a guy named michael carano ah. now michael carano works for the improvs he does you know michael no yeah yeah He's a comedian? No, he works he there. Works He's like in the in the corporate, in the corporate end okay. of the of the improv. But at the time, Michael Crano was managing the improv that was in San Diego. I didn't even know there was an improv. There, there. was one in Pacific Beach. Oh wow. And um he used to manage it with Dave Becky. You know Dave I know Becky? Dave, yeah. Yeah, big manager. So big Dave, Dave Becky and Mike Carano used to manage the Pacific Beach improv in the late nineties. Oh, that's crazy. So then in in not late 90s, late 80s, I mean. Oh, okay. Late 80s, I mean. I was like, wow, dude, late he 80s. was a comedy club manager? Yeah, in the 80s. And then what happened was um, I met Rebecca, and then she would go, hey, let's go to the, my boyfriend runs the improv, let's go. And I was like 20 years old. I'm like, okay. So I'm like, all right. So I would, we would, I would go see Bobcats go with, Brian Regan, oh, Chris wow. Rock, all these guys, David Spade That's when they were so younger. Cool. And Tom Rhodes I met back then. Um, and then I remember going, oh, my God, that would be the coolest thing. But That's so crazy. But I never thought that I could do it. But this cafe was next door to the comedy store in La Jolla. Oh, wow. Yeah. So um, one day, I was there for a couple of years. And then one day, this cafe closed. And I go, I don't know what to do. So I went next door to the comedy store. Aww. And I got a bar back job. And then I um, started working as a barback, and then I 
watch the open mics on Sundays. Oh, yeah. And then... And you're like, I want to do that? No, I think it was more like, I got to try it. Was it kind of like, I could do that? Like, I don't even know if it was that, because I did some improv classes, too. I've yeah. always been... I've always leaned toward, you know, comedy in weird ways. Like, yeah. I wanted to do sketch and stuff, but I dabbled my feet in it by taking classes and stuff. Yeah. But, um, but then what happened was I saw open mic. I went up and they were like, you were terrible. <laughs> and then I went up the next Sunday and I just kept going up. And they're like, this guy just won't quit. And then I would do other nights. Yeah. And then I bought nine months in, Paulie saw me at the open mic Oh, wow. Yeah. In La Jolla. Yeah. So he was just down there. He was down there one night. And then he told the manager at the time, how long has that guy been doing it? And the manager's like, he's terrible. (laughs) 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 And he's like, he's not. He saw the magic. He didn't even see magic. They were just, he goes, you guys did. There's something about you did. Right? So he contacted Fred and said, he was living obviously in L.A., he goes, dude, I'm, I'm doing Vegas. Can that little ching chong, like whatever, he open for something. me? Yeah, 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 yeah. So then, uh, next thing I know, you're opening for Polly Short. In I'm Vegas. opening for Polly in Vegas, which is crazy. What was crazy about it was, um, and that's like when Polly was like huge. Like, it was like five thousand seats, like biodome. So imagine doing like open Polly. mics for six y- months, for nine months, in front of like ten people. And then all of a sudden... And the next thing you do is a 5,000-seat theater. Yeah. Did you but it was weird. Was, he goes, just do five. <laughs> and I go, all right. And then Wild Willie Parsons featured. Wild Willie Parsons. You know him? I just know his name yeah, on the yeah, wall. Yeah, Wild Willie Parsons <laughs> Haven't seen him. featured. And then... Um, but Mitzi was there. So she saw you. Well, this is what happened. So then he goes, my mom's here. And I mean, I mean as a kid, I have no money. This is my first thing I've ever done that was co- relative. I mean, it's life changing. Oh no, of course! Like that's so because unlike you don't know most you trajectories of comedy. Yeah, you don't like, know. I you guess this is how it happens. Yeah, and so I went up, and I remember after the show, I was in the back while Polly was on, and then I just feel a tug on my shirt. Uh oh! And to my right was Mitzi. Hey. And she goes, "Hey, <laughs> you're a paid regular." Oh my god. That's how it got passed. Was just Mitzi going, you're a paid regular. Yeah. I had to showcase. I know. <sighs> and then um, two weeks after that, I met the other guy that changed my life. Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. <laughs> and um, Carlos Mencia. Oh, wow. So, so after Ugh. the poly thing, I, then I got a... Sh- so every Saturday at the La Jolla Comedy Store, I was living down there. Yeah. I got to host one of the... Shows. Shows. That's great. Was it a more money back, back then? No money. But no. the rule back then is if you work the door at the comedy store, you get to MC. That's great. Which is a great and one of the shows. So you had two doormen. You could either switch out. So the nights that I would do a Saturday night, it was me and this older guy named Stan Simmons. Oh. And Carlos Mencia headlined one weekend. Wow. And his manager was there, Worthy Patterson. Oh, wow. This is two weeks after the fucking Polly thing. Jesus. And then Carlos goes, hey, bro, you want to do the road? So I was like, what the fuck? Fuck, yeah. You're like, what's happening? But then I stayed in San Diego for a couple more years. 
And then when I moved to L.A., it was three very terrible years. Oh, because you got that nice little like taste. And you think I'm going to L.A. Yeah, I mean, I gonna literally be- showed up. I mean, you, you know, she said I was a paid regular, right? Yeah. But as soon as I made it to L.A., it was known to me that I was a, I was a doorman. You were a doorman. And I wasn't going to get a spots. Oh, that sucks. And um, so what you would do back then is work the door. And then you would get fallout spots. So if, if you're a paid regular and you work the door, anyone that didn't show up for the regular lineup, you, you got have, to go up. You were like first dibs. So you would wish that like, you know, Dice would get in a car accident. <laughs> you know just mean? Or, yeah, I hope Arsenio d- Hall dies. <laughs> you know? <laughs> I hope something terrible happens so I can yeah, go up. Yeah. And then I would do open mics around town. And then, um, and then one night, oh, this is what happened. So then I, is this boring? No, this is very fascinating. That's, uh, that's why I'm quiet. It's because I'm actually listening. Don't be bored. I'm not bored. This is amazing. But then this is what happened. I There oh, was a fallout. No, no, no. What happened Jade was, couldn't come. No. Jade wasn't even alive <laughs> then. Um, when I was in San Diego, I did Make Me Laugh. Oh, my God. I grew up on that show. Okay. Not to like so that's how I got my new manager, Abby. So then when I was a doorman at the comedy store in L.A., um... Abby would send people out to see me. Oh, that's great. That didn't even tell me. That's that's the best case scenario, though. I, I would rather not know someone's there. Me too. I've always had my best I interactions when someone's like, hey, they're in the audience and I didn't yeah, know. Yeah, I, I hate it. She knows me. She knows that if I... I'm if, an idiot if I know you're if there. If there's a showcase, that I'm going to eat it. Yeah, no, I'm like, oh, good to be here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah those oh. are the worst. <laughs> so I guess she had like the Tonight Show come see me a couple times when I didn't know and then... That's great. I was working the door, and then they came up to me, Bob and Ross, and they go, "We want you to the Tonight Show." And I go, "I was working. I was like working the door." Like I'm a door guy. And then, then I auditioned for Mad. I hadn't done the Tonight Show yet. Then I auditioned them for Mad. They gave me the confidence, and my manager Abby was managed one of the producers of Mad. Oh wow! So I got in. I got the show, and then I got the Tonight Show, and then I got. Some this other things. And yeah, that yeah, yeah. And, and then that's when it happened. Yeah. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah. And people are like, this Asian guy. <laughs> just kidding. I was just trying to bring it back. Are you a hero in Korea? No one knows me in Korea. No. When's the last time Why you went? Why would you say something like that? That's, that's the, the fucking show. crazy. The show is called Ignorance is Blessed. Oh, all right. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah, like yeah. me being an idiot. Oh, really? <laughs> no, oh. I mean, I, I did. There was, this, there was a musical group, a, a female pop group. Called the Wonder Girls. The Wonder Girls. And they, they flew me out there. <laughs> and to be in their music video. Yeah, didn't they put you in? They like. Yeah, and so they, they set me up right. But, but by me going to Korea, you realize that nobody knew who the fuck I am. You're, like, you're not a K pop star. We don't. No, even like anywhere. Like even the people behind the scenes, they're like, who the fuck is this American here? You know? That's interesting because it's like, well, then how did they. Well, how, that's interesting because the they girls still like me. They like you, okay. Because a lot of those pop groups, K-pop groups, they're not um, Korean. They're oh. Korean people that lived in Canada. Oh, they're like right. They're from all over the world. Like outsourced Korean. Right, outsourced Korean. Fake so Koreans. some of them liked me, and then they, they were like, yeah. Here. So, but you know. But you go. You have you ever performed over there? No. No. I can't perform really anywhere because I'm so dirty. Really, I performed in Korea. You did? Yeah. How? I don't know. I you were out there with your mom? I went and visited her, and then I set up a show there with some, like, local stand-up group. I did, like, a 
small bar type of. Was it fun? It was cool. It's like they have like a local scene and they did like just like 5,000 won at the upstairs of this like restaurant. But like it packed out. It was a great crowd. I mean, it's all expats. It wasn't like Korean people. I can't imagine how awful I would have felt after a set of people who don't speak English staring at me. I, I performed once in uh, Switzerland and it was like a nightmare. They all like stared at me like I was a crazy oh, person. Really? That's yeah, that's actually like what inspired me to get this tattoo is like I performed in Switzerland twice and like the first time I was like, it's Europe. I'm going to do all my dirty stuff. They're going to love it. They talk about sex over there. The Swiss people were sitting in the front right in front of me and they just stared at me. But then there were a group of African comedians who were also there for this festival and yeah. they were dying. Cause yeah. they're like, women don't talk about stuff like that in our country. Yeah, so, yeah. so I ended up, I'm actually going to a, a South African festival this year because oh, cool. of that. I but went like, to, what, I did that South African festival. Johannesburg? Yeah. Last year? No, I or did it like five years ago. How was it? Amazing. I mean, it's just, I, I'm the kind of person, it's like, it, I'm getting enough money. You're paying me anything? Yeah, yeah, and I yeah. get to like experience It was a great a experience. I did it with uh, Ian Bag, Orny Adams, Pablo Francisco, Trevor Noah. Oh, that's amazing. It was great. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I did, um, Ahmed Ahmed flew me to the Middle East. How was that? With um, Eric Griffin and Sebastian Maniscalco. Oh, man. And as soon as I landed, I realized I have to open. Like, oh because God. they gave me a list of things I can't talk about. And so I had two jokes left. Oh, fuck. It was crazy. I don't think I could even perform over there. Yeah, you can't. Probably not it's women, crazy. right? Oh, that's nuts. Yeah. Was it? That's, it's interesting because it, it kind of forces you to learn like what you have that's universal. I didn't know how much of the stuff I had at that time was purely shock value. Like I was like, yeah, it's like shocking, but it's also like an actual joke. And I was like... Oh no! I, they're just laughing because I say asshole. Like, <laughs> I was yeah, like, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. I thought it was poignant. Yeah, <laughs> I've never been one to edit my shit. No, I mean, I don't like. I mean, I spent a full year, and granted, I haven't been doing it that long, but there was like a full year, probably two years in, where I was like, I'm gonna purposely not write dirty, just because I know I have the capability and I want to have that material. And for a while, I was, like, censoring myself on stage. And, like, the, even the first time I showcased at the comedy store, I was like, well, let me do, like, a... For whatever reason, I thought, I'll, I'll try to do, like, a TV type of <laughs> yeah, yeah, set. Yeah. And then and I think I kind of did the second t- the same thing the second time. And then this last time, I was like, fuck it. I'm just going to be me. And it's like, I can work clean. But, like, who I am is, like, dirty and fucking weird. So I, I just dress into it. And I do exactly who I am. If I don't... If I dress... Even auditions, if I dress, like, the part, I never get it. You know what? Yesterday on stage, I wore a dress. I sometimes I like to dress up. Yeah, but you I feel like weird last night. It it makes me weird on stage. Why did you do that? I don't know. Cause you I should have worn this. Cause I just want to fucking. Sometimes you want to dress up, you know, and then you realize yeah. this isn't working. Yeah. I don't have a like a look either, and I think I should commit yeah, you to do. something. What is it? Crazy just, white lady. <laughs> I'm, the, <laughs> I'm the crazy white lady. Um. Man, I don't know if I have any more Asian questions. You don't because you don't have your list anymore. And tiny we did an penis. hour. We you have a tiny penis. Why? You can't drive. Are you, which I of those drive are true? Great. So you so you avoided the tiny penis question. <laughs> no, my 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 penis is relative to my size. Tiny. <laughs> no, I'm, I mean I'm a small guy, so I'm, I'm I kidding. have a small I have a penis that's relative to my fucking size. I'm not judging you. Why are you I'm getting angry about it? I'm just saying that like, I don't when care. people used to say that when you're growing up. You're like, that's ridiculous. You're like, yeah, but Yao Ming doesn't have a small penis. Oh, he's probably got like an arm. But yeah. what if he does? What if like you saw Yao Ming naked and he has your penis? I would probably kill him. <laughs> like, don't I would, like, you yeah, ever yeah, show no anyone? No, but it's you know, proportioned to your size. And like, you know, one day uh, I go to the spa 
in Korean Koreatown. Spas? Yeah, in Koreatown. Oh, I love Korean spots. And it's but it's a, one that's not advertised. It's like in a back alley, and you have to know it's there. There's no sign. I want to know. Is it just men? All men. They have a women's section. And there's or a no? guy, no women's section, oh, and there's man. a guy that owns the spa. Yeah. This old Korean dude. Yeah. And I've been going there for 20 years. Polly goes there sometimes. People Pauly? go there. Yeah, yeah. Is it called Kamsamnidat? No, it's called Hyundai Spa. <laughs> Wait, the maker of the car? Yeah, it's on <laughs> 6th Street in Ardmore. I'll be there. And um, the guy that owns it, he's always in the steam room. He has a 9-inch f- penis. Like just a giant monster. N- non-hard. He just stands there and his long, thick Korean dick. He just like stares. Yeah, and as soon as I saw him the first time 20 years ago, I go, yep, that's not a, there's no way. You're like, that's the owner. (laughs) That's the owner. And also that's not a a real thing. You think it's an implant? No, his dick is a real thing, but the stereotype is false. Oh, that the stereotype. I was like, wait, what? Do you think he even owns it or like whoever owns it just gave it to him when he came with his dick out? They're like, that's your place now. (laughs) That'd be funny. <laughs> They're just like, oh, you, 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 yeah. Um, yeah, you're nine <laughs> more inches than mine. You can go to heaven. I quit. <laughs> well, that's an hour. That's a good. I think that we're, we're good. We covered everything. Yeah. I snuck in the driving and penis stuff at the end. Yeah. Um, we learned uh, that you were crazy and I have a low self-esteem. Yeah, Any, yeah. Anything you want to plug? No. No? All right. Well, you guys. <laughs> I want to plug Tiger Belly. Who's who's he? <laughs> is I have a podcast called Tiger Belly. It's great. You guys should listen. It's amazing. You're not. You're gonna cut that part out. No, I'm not. Why would and I you, cut that out? If you do, we'll ha- you'll have another thing coming. Yeah, yeah. That big nine inch Korean man's ding dong no, when I show up I'll at break six and Ardmore. Ankles. What if next time you show but up I look there? Look at the way your your foot curls like that. That's weird. I have arthritis. My body's gonna. I'm gonna crunch down. I'm gonna be. Is that really? Is that really what it's happens? It's just bent. Is it really fucked up? I yeah, yeah. Even the way you curled it looked so weird. Oh, yeah. You have arthritis? You crunch. I, like, I'm going to become like a pretzel that sits in a wheelchair. My boyfriend said he'll carry me on stage in one of those Wait, baby wh- How Bjorns. old was, is that going to happen? There's no way to tell. It could, uh, I, I could, it could not happen for a long time, but it could suddenly rapidly start killing me. You need to take medication. Yeah, well, I need more money. I need to get. I need to act. And but then that's why I'm saying it's like you need money to survive, baby. Okay, so how do I, what do I do? You got to have a dream. I have a dream. I don't think you do. I do. I want to host a late night talk show. Then that's it. Visualize that. Okay. Bobby Lee has abandoned me just like my father. And uh, that's the end of our podcast, you guys. Uh, I love you. And I'll see you next time. Hear you. Uh, bye. That's my interview with Bobby Lee. Uh, we learned like one thing about Koreans and then a bunch of other stuff about lots of things. Uh, I think it was fun. If you like the podcast, subscribe, rate, and review it on iTunes. If you didn't like it, uh, why? Why? Don't go away. Uh, share this with your friends, the podcast, the whole thing. Not me being insecure about you listening. Because uh, everyone's a little bit ignorant sometimes, so it's important. Um, if you like me, um, you can see me lots of places. Uh, it's all listed on my calendar, jessicamichellesingleton.com. I'll be in South Africa next month. Um, I'm at the Goliath Comedy Club in Johannesburg, March 16th through the 18th, in Cape Town Comedy Club in Cape Town. Uh, March 20th and then the 22nd through the 26th and then I will be at the Johannesburg International Comedy Festival the last week of March and I don't have my official show times for that but those will be fun comics from around the world um, it'll be my first time in Africa so I'm excited to interview a South African and maybe other Africans and who boy am I gonna get real stupid because uh, uh, that's what I do probably best maybe uh, 
and complain and shit on myself, I guess, as we learned in this episode. Um, yeah, follow at Blessed Podcast on Twitter to stay up on all that's happening over here. That's not true, uh, but uh, I'll get better at it. Please keep in mind that no guest is or claims to be a representative for every person who has a similar identity. They're just one person sharing their own experience and ideas to help us get a peek at how things look from their situated position in the world. As always, if you have additional questions about a guest or a topic you'd like to hear covered or someone specific that you think would be a good interview for a certain topic, feel free to tweet them at me at JMS Comedy or message me on my Facebook fan page, facebook.com slash Jessica Michelle Singleton. All one word, and I will do my best to deliver what I can. The more we ask, the more we learn, the more we know. And the more we know, the more we can look down on others who aren't as smart as we are. And isn't that the point? Thanks for listening, and thanks for being patient with my ignorance. See you soon, idiots. Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945.